it's just interesting because this, of course, is a marriage podcast, and usually we're not talking about parenting, but marriage, of course, can go hand in hand with uh, being parents. And Um, Parenting is often, for a majority of couples, a big part of their marriage. That's not the purpose of marriage, and that never was. You go back to the garden, the purpose of marriage was always to be partners. And I think the good news is the Bible is full of advice on parenting, and sometimes people are like, wow. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Woohoo! Sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I think it's funny because we were just talking about our Jonathan, who's in a rock band class and just do, killing it on the drums and things like that and having a, having a good time and getting ready for a concert. That you mean the, up. the COVID purchase mistake that I talked to you? The into? only parenting mistake of COVID <laughs> or maybe just the biggest, right, is uh, the, the purchase to buy a drum kit for our little guy. And he's he's been at that for about two two years or so. So it's uh, it's, it's a fun thing for sure. Well, yeah, we, we were talking to our producer, Todd. It's just kind of fun. Um, Todd's children are, are older than ours, um, but it's fun when you see them start something and like with, with the drums, it's just racket. And then over time, you start seeing him develop and hearing things. And as he's down in the basement doing his practice time, it's like, actually, that sounds like if you put some guitar and bass over that, that would sound like a song. No doubt, right? So that's that's good stuff and excited about that. And it, it's just interesting because this, of course, is a marriage podcast. And usually we're not talking about parenting. Um, but it, it, marriage, of course, can go hand in hand with uh, being parents. And it, it's interesting, too, because we've seen one of the biggest problems that we see is when couples are prioritizing their role as parents over their role as spouses. So there's a lot of times couples will come to us. We talk to churches that churches will say, how do we handle some of this? Can you speak into this? Right. And it's one of those, I mean, we've talked about people also the phenomenon of the gray divorce where people have been so focused on their children and then when they become empty nesters, they forgot about their relationship and forgot about- That's right. Um, living together and what that means. And while um, parenting is often, for a majority of couples, a big part of their marriage, it's that's not the purpose of marriage. And that never was. You go back to the garden, the purpose of marriage was always to be partners and helping with the work that they have. But parenting, that blessing of children, is a significant aspect of a majority of marriage relationships. And differences in parenting can often be a big catalyst for for conflict in marriage too because we have all of these unexpectations around parenting because we grew up in different households and so there's all these parenting norms that we grew up with that aren't the same as our spouse's parenting norms. And we're carrying those differences in with us. So like you said, it creates these unexpectations, whether it's going to be unvoiced or unshared or unreasonable. And how do you reconcile that, bring that together with different expectations and in different styles and different values even to an extent? Oh, absolutely. And there's that, and they're so deeply seated because the way you were parented was your whole life experience. And so that's just whatever was normal in your house growing up, that's just normal. And so families of origin, both the good and bad experiences from our childhood, really deeply affect what we think or how we feel about parenting or what we should 
what we think we should do with parenting, whether we want to repeat what our parents did because we feel that strong connection, say, hey, this is something good. I, I turned out okay, so let's go that. Or, oh my gosh, I don't want to repeat these experiences that I had as a child. I want my child to have something better than what I had. And it's usually a combination of both. Right. And sometimes it's just you don't think about it. So you're on autopilot and you just kind of carry through what your experience was. Or sometimes it's very purposeful about I really want to hang on to this piece of how I was raised or I really want to diverge away from this other piece of how I was raised. And I I think in addition to the families of origin, uh, the stories of families around us can often affect on how we view parenting too. And okay, let's not be parent shaming here, but what what about the behavior of some kids that we've seen while out and about? And you know, sometimes, and, and again, everybody can hear this where you're a parent in the grocery store, you've got a kid who might be tired or cranky or something like that. And, you know, maybe your kid's misbehaving and you're doing everything you can do. You're you're doing a good job with parenting, but a kid's still having a hard time, might still be having a meltdown. I think we've all been there. It, it is what it is. We're not shaming that. But I think we've also seen some very some kids who are very purposeful and, and, and out there just making really bad choices and the parents aren't even trying to step up to correct them. You know, sometimes our worst parent experiences, right? Our worst parenting moments happen to be in public because there's the shame of, oh my gosh, my child is acting in this way in public and, yes. I, and I don't want to be. And then of course there's the church gossip and let's be honest, there's church gossip. And so, oh, well, now we're going to talk about little Johnny and little Johnny's mom and this, all these stories that really affect how we parent. And sometimes our pride and our sin, because we don't want to be the target of the gossip and stuff and all those things affect how we parent with the media stories that we see, you know, I mean, the news stories. So we don't want to be like that parent or one of the things right now, um, as we're recording this, there was the horrible tragedy at the university of Idaho. And there's that student that's, um, being accused and um, all the stories. Well, of course, one of the things you're we're going to hear about soon is that student's background. And right away, there's going to be parent shaming for that student's parents because that's just how things are. And all these things affect how we um, parent. That, that's exactly right. And I, I think some of it, too, are um, the television shows and movies we watch. And you know, sometimes I think we all just feel like, wow, we're all kind of improving out here. And wouldn't it be nice to have that perfect script by these really talented writers and everything's going to turn out at the end of your 25 minute show or your hour and a half or two hour long movie because it's a story and it's just wrapped up really nicely like that. But that's just not how life works. Well, let's be honest. I mean, while the Russos write great scripts, I don't know that I want to live through what the Avengers had to live through. Yeah, that that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to just obliterate and disappear and come no, back no spoilers, five years no spoilers, later, right? No spoilers. Oh, come on. That's been out for a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there can also be some things about who, who are the radio personalities that, that you're listening to? What are you hearing about uh, parenting through that? Oh, yeah. It, that's a funny thing. I really enjoy listening to sports talk radio. Um, here yep. in Detroit. And Shout got... out to 971 <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Brian's good buddies over there. Right. I love listening to these guys. And it's funny because especially the afternoon show, these guys, many of them have children mm-hmm. and what, and the main host doesn't have children. And for a long time would grouse about how he hated children and you'd hear that stuff. 
And really, when you listen to sports talk radio and you a lot of them, they're into sports. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about the sports they coach or they're talking about their children and the sports their children are in. It's really easy to, OK, am I doing the right thing? They talk and you hear about all the sports scholarships. It affects a, a lot of what you think about how you should raise your children. And this all of this um goes to um, the differences that you experience because Jen's not listening to 97.1 the way I am. And right. so she's not facing those expectations. This is sports expect- <laughs> radio, Brian. It's like you're being mentored for parenting by sports radio. <laughs> but it's just all of this unintentional mentoring that you experience. And Oh, yeah, we're absorbing it like sponges. I mean, we talk about kids that are absorbing things like sponges. I don't know that we ever stop. It's just, um, I-, I think, less uh, conscious as we're learning things um, from others. And who are we exposing ourselves to? And all of this ultimately can lead to struggles in marriage and mm-hmm. conflict in marriage. And so how do you deal with that? What do you do to um, manage your relationship when you're dealing with parental differences? And I think the good news is the Bible is full of advice on parenting. And sometimes people are like, wow, I see the the book of jobs so I can learn about employment. I'm being silly about the pronunciation of Job, right? But there is no book on parenting. But the Bible is really replete with all kinds of tips about parenting and not just tips, but just a framework for how to raise children and and be a good parent. Right. And so in the notes for this episode, we'll put some of our favorite resources in case you're looking for something for that right now. But today we're not going to get into the nuts and bolts of parenting. We're going to focus instead on how parenting affects your relationship. And we're going to focus on the marriage of parents. But we do want to, well, like I said, we'll put some resources in the notes. If you need some of those nuts and bolts about how to raise your children and what you need to go through on specific instances, um, hopefully that'll help with that. Um, but really, we want to first talk about, and the most important thing is your relationship to each other, because the most important thing you need to remember regarding parenting together is that your relationship to each other is the most important aspect of your parenting relationship with your children. That's exactly right. And it, it, the way that I like to see this is your how you usually travel in a car as a family. It's like mom and dad got to be in the front seat. Kids are going to take the back seat to mom and dad. It just has to be that way in marriage. Absolutely. And your children, they're going to thrive in an environment that's safe and loving. Always. And that's something that we've seen time and time again and something that even educators talk about is that safe, loving environment. Children do better. Children thrive. Well, your relationship at spouses creates that environment that they're either going to thrive or not in. When your children know that mommy and daddy love each other and will both be there when they get home from school, they will feel more secure and have that foundation on which to thrive. Your relationship and how you interact with each other is the key to parenting your children and building that life for them that they need to have. It's just important for them to have that kind of foundation. And we all know that our foundation as people and our foundation for our marriage has to be Christ. And we need to come keep coming back to that. And as we're building on that, we've got Christ as, as our rock. We're building our, our lives. We're building our marriage. And then having the kids be 
added on top of these loving, warm structures with Christ as the foundation, it, 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 you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be problems and struggles, but you are going to ultimately have that security from that foundation, which is Christ. Yeah. So your goal when resolving parenting differences is to grow closer together as a couple. Yeah. Because it, that's going to build your relationship with your kids and that's going to help you parent them. And it's like, my goodness, it's like, say that again, because the goal has to be resolving those differences is growing closer together as a couple. And friends, any conflict that you face, that's got to be your goal to grow closer together as a couple. So a lot of times it's compromise. And mm-hmm. compromise is a big part of any relationship, whether it's a marriage or a business relationship, there's compromise. But there are times when you really can't compromise. Yeah, that that's the truth. And just coming to you as a lawyer right here, I think a good example of this is if the idea is, I'm going to wear a pair of shoes and, you know, the idea is it could be a black pair of shoes or it could be a brown pair of shoes. If we're saying we're going to compromise, it doesn't make sense to have one black shoe and brown shoe. That That's a problem. It looks silly. It's just not going to work out. It'd be entertaining, though. Uh, maybe a little bit entertaining, <laughs> right? Well, especially if I, I'm looking at like a snakeskin boot and something else. Like, and, But anyway, we're not talking about shoes, uh, at least not too much today. And I think another uh, way that we kind of handle some conflict things is how to handle uh, just that that whole Santa Claus thing, because yeah. I think every couple has to kind of figure that out. And if you've got some different backgrounds or different ideas diverging from that, you, you got to make sure that that you're you're clear and you're figuring things out with your spouse. That was really interesting, wasn't it? Because I came from a background where Santa Claus was a fun game we played, you know, and it was we talked about it. And as we got older and things came out, um, there would be jokes about why are we giving credit to a fat man in a red suit type things. But um, until I moved out of my parents' home, there were still gifts under the tree and the from was Santa. And it was just a fun game that we played. And that's kind of what I expected moving forward is just to continue to play the game. Yeah. And, and for me, I, I didn't want to really emphasize the Santa part uh, of Christmas that's just so ubiquitous in America. And it was something for, for me where I didn't want it to be the case where people, where our kids would ever feel like, well, goodness, you lied to us about Santa. What else did you lie to yeah. us about? Did you, did you lie about God? You know, did, did you lie about anything else? I just felt like that was just more of an integrity thing. So it's always just like, how, how do you handle something like that? Right. And so we went with the position that we will neither confirm nor deny the existence of the man known as Santa Claus. That's right. It was a perfect PR sketch that I put <laughs> together, right? And so, I mean, we met, we did, and we have done all our children's lives gone to the mall and gotten pictures with Santa because yeah, it's just a fun Just tradition. like that annual, yeah, just that kind of annual uh, kind of family picture. And yeah. Right. And But there was never a gift um, under the tree at Christmas that had from Santa on it. And that came up a couple times where the kids would say, hey, I didn't get a, there was no none of the gifts came from Santa. And we just said, that's true. And then- But the as, kids' names were on the gifts, but it didn't say from. Right. It didn't say from Santa. And so over time, they just kind well, of- Well, it didn't say from anybody. Right. And so they just never really dealt with that. And it worked out fine. So I think um, when you're dealing with these things where it's um, you can't compromise because it's a brown shoe and black shoe type of situation, 
I think the first thing he's got to remember is- Or take- a brown Santa boot and a black Santa boot, <laughs> as the case may be. You got to take time for both of you to share what your desired outcome is and why. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big thing. You want to start with why. I'm Simon Sinek, a leadership guy, talks about that a lot. What's, what's the why is this important? And I identify- the values and beliefs connected with the desired outcome, because that's going to help prioritize and determine what you want to do. Is this outcome, is this action going to get us to which value, which belief, and does this prioritize correctly with other things? For me, I mean, obviously, um, the children trusting us is a higher value than us having fun together. And both values are important, but we want to make sure that we're balancing out those values correctly. And also you want to uh, make sure that there's no winner or loser. We, we say this often when it comes to marriage, it's like you win together or you lose together. If, if somebody is winning and triumphing over the other one, at the end of the day, you're both losing there. And I think another um, conflict that, that you can see in, in marriage when it relates to parenting has to do with discipline, disciplining your children. We hear about this a lot. We hear couples, I mean, and it's not even, it's not just necessarily them talking to us about their marriage, but even just like people talking in different contexts and um, dissatisfaction with how the other spouse is handling discipline. And from both extremes, it could either be, oh, he or she is too lenient on little Bobby or little Susie, or my gosh, too strict on the children or, or maybe or maybe children are being treated very differently it, it's right. almost like there's there's favoritism or or somebody's bringing down the hammer really hard on one kid but not on the other yeah and so i think again going back to if you're dealing with this in your marriage trying to figure this out remember your goal in dealing with this is to build your relationship your goal isn't to come up with the perfect discipline strategy because Spoiler alert, there isn't one. Mm-hmm. Every child is unique. Every child is different. Every situation is different. There's, if this was easy, then, I mean, we wouldn't have all the problems that we do. There'd be no one in jail, right? I mean, there, there'd be no one making bad decisions if parenting was easy and it was a simple formula. Plug it in. We could just give everyone computerized nannies and moving forward. So the goal isn't we've got to have the perfect discipline solution because it doesn't exist, but rather we've got to be united and present that united position to our children. Say, hey, mom and dad are in lockstep here and they're in this together. And so no matter what's going on, you never discuss in front of your children your disagreements about how one of you is disciplining because all that does is create room for them to try to divide you to get what they want. Mm -hmm. And they will. And no matter how wonderful your children are and how loving and godly your children are, at the end of the day, they're struggling with sin and you need to guide them. And if they can see a crack or a fissure in your relationship that they can get what they want, they're going to take advantage of it. And that's going to cause... They're going to exploit that right there. And it's going to cause further fissures in your relationship. And that's just a, a really terrible thing because, again, we want any of these conflicts... To, that to ultimately draw you closer together. But I think that a, a lot of times if you have witnessed or, or observed or, or seen some discipline that your spouse has been exercising over your kids that was incorrect, 
you need to approach that conversation with kindness. You need to presume that there was goodwill in your spouse and you want to speak in that way that your spouse would want to to listen to you. It's and sometimes it's it's not going to be right there in the heat of the moment. Um, after, after right after Usually that discipline has occurred, yeah, you know you're you're going to need to just step in there and just say, you know, gosh, that that looked really harsh to me. You know what had happened there, and and sometimes you just caught. A, a portion of that, maybe there was a lot of lead up and maybe that would have been a really harsh response from your spouse had there only been a minor infraction that had just happened right there. But if it had been a buildup all day that you didn't get the opportunity to see, you need to go into that open-minded as well, just so that, that your spouse would be able to address that with you as well. And if your spouse is coming to you saying, hey, I don't think you handled that correctly, either you were too soft or too hard, you need to presume goodwill in your spouse and listen in a way they want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Again, your goal here is building your relationship. If you get defensive, if you get indignant, then all you're doing is creating an opportunity for the evil one to start pulling your marriage apart. Mm -hmm. You need to keep in focus that, hey, they are coming to you because they want a strong family and a strong marriage. And we need to address something here. It's like, hey, let's let's talk about this. And so don't presume that they're out to get you or that there's a there necessarily is a problem between you or that they think they're better than you or something mm -hmm. like that. They're trying to make sure that you two together are raising your children in a healthy, responsible way. Absolutely. And I think that just with discussing the situation, you need to be bringing out what are the values that you have in your family. And, you know, some of that could be um, a value of proper behavior and how a child treats a parent and those things need to be addressed. And you also want to point out some of these outcomes that you would want in disciplining your children. I don't think that people want their kids to, to be frightened and horrified of them every time they walk into a room. So you want to correct bad behavior and you want to put your kid on a, on a better path and recognize other ways to behave and better ways to behave and be on that path. But you don't want your kids to be terrified of you. Right. And that's one of the things if it's too strong, but you also don't want your kids to think, oh, I can really get away with whatever I want because mom or dad's really not going to do anything. And they're I mean, pushovers. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the discipline is, oh my gosh, I don't get ice cream tonight when they don't really like ice cream anyway. Sure. Or you've got an introverted child and you're sending them to their room. It's like, well, that's where I want to be anyway. That's so, right. All by myself. Yeah. Um, and so when you're discussing it, you need to allow time for both of you to share what your perception of the situation was and say, hey, here's what I saw here's what I experienced. And both of you have the opportunity to share what together, what was going on. And then together, make the decision on what to do in future similar situations. But you, the key to that is you make that decision together. Hey, this is how we, as a couple, as parents, are going to handle disciplining similar situations for our children. Yeah. And shout out to my military spouses. I remember uh, during your deployment, Brian, you know, for me, you weren't right there. And we were grateful to be in a place where you did have a lot of internet access and, and it was yeah. a pretty strong connection. So we were able to talk pretty much every day. Um, but it was something where I, I remember you being gone. I was always recalling 
um, just when in dealing with the kids, it's like, okay, how would Brian want this handled? What did we decide to do as, as a couple? And then I, I remember even talking to you about stuff where it was like, gosh, this other situation just seemed like this one-off kind of weird. Did I handle this all right in your assessment of things? And we were able to even talk about some of that stuff while you were out of town. But I think that the parenting is, even if you're not together physically, you got to be parenting with your spouse in mind. Yeah. And for our military families or um, those that have jobs that require a parent to travel a lot, this is really where conversation comes in and becomes important because you need to talk about those things when you're together Mm -hmm. so that when you're apart, you can maintain that consistency. Because no matter how aligned you are, typically one parent's going to be the more the disciplinarian than the other. That's just division of labor. That's part of how we build a strong, healthy marriage. And when one parent is gone, the other parent has to fill some of those roles. Yeah, I think you had talked to, um, and now retired, but uh, Detroit Piston, uh, Lindsey Hunter about that, right? Yeah, and that was one of the things where I, he talk, I talked to him about, hey, I don't want to be the dad that comes home and steps in and okay, the first thing I have to do is discipline the children. And one of the things he said is like, I mean, for him and his family, that's what dad has to be. And, you know, he had to make sure, okay, I'm dad, I'm stepping in and making sure he was the primary disciplinarian. And in our family, I tend to be the primary disciplinarian in our family. And so that's true. While I don't want to walk in and have to discipline the children. The reality is for us to maintain a healthy, strong marriage and a healthy, strong family. Sometimes the answer is, okay, hugs and kisses and love. Dad just got home. And okay, now let's sit down and talk about what happened because we've right. got to deal with that. But also you know, both parents should be exercising discipline as well. It, it's, it doesn't just fall on one person. But I, I, I agree with you and Lindsay Hunter about uh, how that can work out where you've got somebody who might be a, a primary disciplinarian. We need to remember as you're dealing with this thing, the big thing is your priority is your marriage when you're parenting. You can't mm-hmm. put your children as a priority over your marriage. And while Psalm 127, three through five says, yes, sons are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Sons born to, during one's youth are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Children, we love our children. Children are amazing and wonderful blessings from God. And we need to parent them and steward that, that responsibility that God's given us. But remember also Proverbs nineteen fourteen: a house and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife or a spouse is from the Lord. Love that. You know, it's not just your children that came from God. Your spouse came from God. And you are going to be married in a couple longer than you're going to be raising children. The number of years you spend raising children is a fraction of your life together. And you need to keep that in mind. And if you're going to build thriving, a thriving family and set your children up to thrive, you need to set up a thriving marriage. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to operationthrivingmarriage.com. That's operationthrivingmarriage.com.